10 days after the Florida Open and here to talk with me and recap the tournament. Of course, with me, Brian Bernhardt, Gary Sheldon, and special guest Steve Sobel uh, come to join us for this podcast. Gentlemen, good evening. How are you guys? Good evening. How's it going, Gino? Doing all right. Hello, everyone. Steve, uh, have you rested? I mean, that was a pretty big tournament you just had to run. Yeah, um, it was uh, a lot of people and uh, not much time to ourselves for at least three days of it. So it was, uh, it uh, took some time to get uh, rested up, getting home for sure. Is it, uh, well, normally on the, in the crevices of a tournament weekend for you guys, you guys typically find some time to go have some dinner and just get some time away from the bar. I saw a lot of streaming. So can I assume that you guys didn't get a whole lot of that time, if any of that time? Uh, no, we got to one restaurant Saturday night as we were, as they were uh, closing and it didn't seem too happy that we were there, but we still ordered. Uh, there was no champions dinner Sunday night. Um, and uh, Monday morning we were all out of there. So Was it Krabby Bills you went to? Yep, Krabby Bills, yep. If anybody goes to the Florida Open and is a fan of seafood and a nice little semi-waterfront restaurant, uh, by all means, go check out that place. It's it's what it's just like five or ten minutes away from the bar, right, Steve? Yeah, it's about ten minutes. It's on a uh, like a big lake that kind of borders uh, St. Cloud to the north, and uh, it's a it's a good spot, decent food, and uh, it's a big place. You know, they can have big tables if you want to go with big groups. So it's you know one of the better restaurants that's in that town, for sure. As uh, we have a hundred. How many? 183 or 184? 183. 183. Yeah, we had 183. We had uh, uh, 30 machines there. Um, uh, we had issues with machines on uh, two of them that we really couldn't get uh, uh, fixed up for the weekend. So we were really kind of only working on 28 machines. Having a big problem right now in uh, locating uh, video cards that will work for the legacy machines. You know, before you can get them, but now that these video cards are aging, uh, there's really no place to buy them. I've contacted even IT to see if they had sources, and they uh, let me know that they have none of them. So, uh, you know, Russ is trying to work on a workaround of uh, something that's above my intelligence level, but uh, I try to get uh, the machines to still uh, run and work for us at tournaments. So, but yeah, 30 machines was not enough machines. We, we always have figured one machine for every five people. So, uh, you know, that would put us at 150. So 183, you know, we were, you know, max threshold. So we're running into the same problem that vendors had years ago when you know, they could bring in maybe 10 machines for the weekend needed 15. So now we can bring in 30 machines and we need 35 or 40. So it's... Um, I don't know what, the, I don't know what the answer is, but um you know, more patience and uh, longer weekends for some people. Gary, when did you get in, bud? Uh, we actually came in a little early. We got in Thursday night. Um, okay, that, that is very early for you, sir. It is. I took uh, Friday, Monday off. Um, and uh, we just came in Thursday night and just uh, spent the day. My wife and I spent the day on Friday together and 
What's soaked the, in some Orlando weather. Okay, Orlando weather. Did you do that while visiting like loads of flea markets and <laughs> all that stuff? I'm never gonna live that down. Uh, no, um, no, uh, it's your thing, man. No, it is. Uh, but see, I didn't have a vehicle, so we didn't drive to this tournament. Oh, so um, we had to uh, we had to um, not pick up as many loose items for the trip home. No, we actually went to uh, that Friday was kind of crummy. We actually <laughs> went out to um, there was a casino cruise that went out of Cape Canaveral. I've heard those. Yeah, it was actually uh it was actually a lot of fun. Uh it went out oh. went out on the ocean for four hours and came back in. TFTI. <laughs> you were busy. <laughs> you were busy playing golf. <laughs> I've golf heard of the rain, yeah. I've I've heard about those. They they basically go out to international waters, uh, yeah. and then you can gamble and do all that all the stuff one which Steve, you just brought up something. Not our typical nice Florida beautiful sunshine weather i guess for uh the florida open this year i mean every day was gorgeous but friday so uh thursday oh, was, was in the mid was the mid 80s sunny the probably the best day of the weekend oh, okay uh saturday and sunday were decent weather you know a little bit cooler at night but nothing that was unbearable uh but friday um around 12 30 it started uh raining sideways and the wind picked up and uh Pretty much made golf unplayable. Well, we all quit uh, somewhere between six and nine holes in, and uh, it was kind of disappointing. But that's that's something I always look forward to down there is playing golf. So, but you know that's Florida for you, I guess. Is that you know there's always pockets of rain somewhere, and it just happened to hit where we were at. So, but, now, yeah, the, uh, the West West weekend was great down there. You know, uh, Gary actually stayed in the powerhouse. Um, him and his wife. Uh, you know, took one for the team. They they slept on the Barbie beds, which I appreciate because this is the only uh, house that I get a nicer bed to sleep on. So I felt I guilty think, for about like 12 a, seconds. A, what's the boys' room again? There's there's the race car bed, right? I think I was in that one. Maybe I had yeah, the Barbie bed. Yeah, the race car. <laughs> so, but yeah, he, he didn't he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't tell me he hated me afterwards. So I think we're still in good terms. So. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of the great thing about, you know, this Florida tournament, it's obviously the, uh, uh, the ability for a lot of us to be able to kind of cram into a house and stay for a very affordable rate, um, always have been, always has been one of the attractions, I believe this tournament and, uh, these houses are generally located, uh, on a five, maybe 10 minutes away from the bar or people also stay at the hotels, um, uh, that are right there off the highway as well. So, um, Thursday night, who won uh, close to the pin, Steve? Oh boy, um, oh, it's been so long ago. I should closest to. Yeah, you shouldn't have asked, but I actually have the. Uh... I just looked at that too. It won Brewer, was it? No, I've got the. Why is my score not coming up? Oh, here it is. Closest to pin was won by Sean Gervais. Sean Gervais. Paul Luna got second. Yeah, so Sean won that. Okay. Uh, we had uh, 55 people, which is a really good, show, you know, turnout for Thursday night. Yeah. You know, I picked at any event on a Thursday night. That was, that was a good uh, amount of people there, so it was good. Okay. And and uh, and then Friday, uh, number, just give me a round number on the handicap. Did you get over 100? Uh, oh yeah, we had 156. 
156. Oh, I'm, I, I, 156 in the handicap. Yeah, I, I'm starting to yeah. notice a, a lot of the uh, Saturday morning entries from some players. You know, Andy Haas will uh, do a Saturday morning. and Yeah, he was down there for a couple of days before with his family and uh, stuff, and some other players did the same. But, yeah, there, there are players that are, uh, you know, coming in Saturday and leaving Sunday night or Monday morning, which, um, you know, we're getting feels this side, so – you know, I don't hate as much as I did probably before. So it's, yeah. it's all good. You know, there are different people have different priorities when they come to tournaments, right? So uh, I can tell you that Andy Haas came in Saturday morning, but still played more games than anybody at the tournament. <laughs> wow. Was far, stop on Sunday. It, was, it wasn't even close, put it that way. Oh, so he was MVP? He was MVP. I, just, I looked today. Yeah, it was, it was not even close. So. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, what time did qualifying get over Saturday night? Eight thirty, I think, or something like that. Oh, okay. well, 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 maybe nine, right, Gary? Because we got to the restaurant. I don't yeah, remember. I think it was. Yeah, it was right around nine. Yeah, probably about nine. But we had we had a hiccup during qualifying that uh, it's uh, system went down which I didn't really, it was explained to me that something to do with their credit card processing service went offline, which I don't know why that brought IT's system down, but like I said, I'm a computer idiot. So somebody smarter than me can help tell me how those are interlinked and why that would cause IT's system to go down, but it did. So for Good about 45 minutes, right? machines wouldn't connect. Yeah, Saturday during a qualifier. Yeah, so that's when they decided. <laughs> they plan that really well. To, Yep. So about 45 minutes during the qualifier, um, we were not be able to connect any of the games to IT net. So uh, they got back up and uh, our, our website ran, uh, I would say probably at about 80%. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I mean, uh, I was going to give you the question on a scale of one to 10, your first weekend operating with the website. I mean, just, um, yeah, it's, it's not as nice as, uh, Jimmy's, I'll be honest, and um, hopefully the guy that built it doesn't listen to this podcast, I guess, but uh, <laughs> um, it's a little bit more uh, um, uh, labor-intensive to run the tournament. Um, you know, part of it is, uh, you know, I don't know what's changed in coding between what Jimmy did and what did, you know, what it is now, but, um, or what this guy's actual, um, you know, I think part of it is too, is that the guy that built the website has never been to a tournament or run a tournament, so uh, for example, when I enter a score on a match, in order for the score for me to be, you know, the, the website accepts the score change, but doesn't view it. I have to refresh the page. So right. it doesn't sound like much, but um, no, it's an extra doing click. that on an extra click and um, I'm running uh, five brackets at a time Yeah, on Sunday. It's, it's you know, those clicks add up. Um, the uh, machine numbers are very small for my old eyes. I couldn't see them. Plus, also what I didn't realize uh, from my own usage from like Jimmy's website is when I look for a match, when say, you know, Gary comes up and says, you know, he won his match, which doesn't happen often, but when he does come up, <laughs> um, um, you know, for me to find his name, my eyes immediately uh, are, you know, drawn towards the matches that have machine numbers by him. So I can find them on that part of the bracket. Well, the machine numbers were so small and not highlighted like Jimmy had it. It was hard for me to find names on the brackets and like where we were in the different brackets at times. So he's going to try to fix that. So he's got a, a punch list of things to fix. 
Um, you know, we tested the website, uh, you know, I thought extensively prior to the tournament, so that would work. And um, again, this is above my pay grade. Um, and I didn't realize that, uh, you know, hosting a website on a server is more than just saying uh, PG Tour is on, you know, server X. There's uh, parameters that have to be yeah. uh, fixed and sizing and database communication. And uh, one of the things that Mike Chestnut did, because he knew that the um, volume on the website would be more during the tournament, is that he did something with load balancing, whatever that means. And that, they think, maybe uh, caused a hiccup in the ability for the website to match up nicknames to the person's real uh, name. Mm -hmm. So when I went to go do that step, the website wouldn't accept it. So I had to get a hold of the web developer and he was able to do it on the back end. Yeah. Uh, which I couldn't have done. So that was good that he was available. But, um, you know, like I posted on Facebook and you guys are going to argue with me, but I wish, uh, you know, Golden Tea was like most places on the internet where, um, you know, CAGS was CAGS forever and he didn't have the ability to change his name. <laughs> oh, Brian B. To me, it kind of makes no well, you could be Brian B until if you're the first one. After that, you'd be Brian B two, Brian B three. Steve, can I ask that? Can I ask some? Can some of this? I mean, will some of this stuff get a little better for you once you have a few runs at this? I mean, will repetition make some of this a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's got a punch list of things to complete to um, try to make the website more user friendly for me to run the tournaments on, and then some of the things that obviously didn't work at all. Like uh, if you look at the main bracket. Uh, the score is entered for the final match, but it doesn't show uh, Paul Taylor as the champion. Um, the On the home page, like the top 50 players for 2023, it's not displaying the player points. And so it's also not um, putting the players in the correct ranking. Um, like the pink bracket doesn't finish with the champion. Um, the contact us function on the website doesn't work, you know, where you can, you can hit a, a thing in there and send me a message you're supposed to send me an email that doesn't work um so just some stuff like that you know there's probably yeah. a priority there and what we need uh you know before milwaukee compared to what isn't a priority but you said you said this to me you said this to me before steve i mean it speaks to everything how jimmy was able to create that website i mean what, what in was three it? days in on, three, a, on a family vacation right on a family vacation in houston in three days he he created the entire website, the circular logic, and it, when he gave, presented it to us, it all worked. It was unbelievable, and uh, what a world! Um, yep, if, uh, you know he got tilted by Golden Tea, and uh, he has no desire um, to do anything. Yeah, uh, you know, and to assist besides, uh, you know, the small stuff he did for me from like year to year, but to, to rebuild the website and I offered him double what I paid this guy and he still wouldn't do it because I knew it would be so much easier for us if he did it. Yeah. And uh so it's almost yeah, comparable it's... to like the previous website was legacy and and now it's like a PGA. You know, there's some you know <laughs> kind of, the yeah. beginning and very funny reference. Yeah, there. but 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 <laughs> I mean there was things wrong with legacy and there's never been anything wrong with Jimmy's website. So mm -hmm. uh, kind of a kind of an apples and oranges, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Does anybody got a leader? Anybody got a uh, qualifying leaderboard up in front of them right now? Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Who, what was the cut? 
What was the number? One twenty. That was one twenty nine and one hundred fifteen. One hundred fifteen thousand great shot points. Uh, and who was number thirty two? Joey D'Angelo. Joey D'Angelo. That's a no, well, thir- thirty two was Michael. Perez. Oh, thirty two was Michael Perez. I'm sorry, Joey. My- Michael Perez, who's uh, another guy that just kind of coming into this tournament scene. He's actually played a lot of tournaments, made some cuts. So, and then Joey D'Angelo was thirty three, right? Correct. All right. Who lost yeah. his first match? A former pink bracket champion. Yeah, I saw that as well. That's just uh, I've seen that happen many times. So. Uh, Qualifying gets done 8.30, and then we have Sunday morning. Now, Steve, you had the late. I would say qualifying actually probably ended closer to 10 and 8.30. But go ahead. Yeah, you, Sorry. you sent me that text that I just looked. You sent me a text at 10.13. You said kitchen closes in 10 minutes. You guys just got there. So yeah, so leave. I'd say probably closer to 10 yeah. before it was done. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so, so Sunday morning, and it just credit to – all the West Coasters, all the people that uh, stayed late or had to qualify late Saturday night, and then 10 a.m. started the ladies' tournament, Steve. Is that correct? Yep, I wanted to get the ladies uh, kicked off, uh, you know, at least get through the first two rounds, which we did. That was successful. Um, so there wasn't be so much more um, of them playing back and forth between the tournaments. I wanted them to try to at least be able to focus on what tournament they were playing in since the women's event had a lot of value for some of the women. So, um, yeah, I just, I didn't feel like it was fair to them last year where I was, you know, there was still some mixture obviously of them having to play both events at the same time, but, um, you know, I wanted to at least get through the first two rounds to kind of let them, uh, you know, get going and, you know, to their credit, they all showed up in time and we were all ready to go at 10 o'clock to get going. So that was good. And, and uh, after uh, that started at 10 a.m., it went on for a good 12, 13 hours, typically not late for your normal tournament. This is normal Top Gun player of the year kind of time, but um, end up being kind of a long night. But I, to me, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of a rewarding night, if you could ask, if you ask me. There was, there was a lot of good feelings happening that night, Sunday night. Yeah, it was great. I mean, the you know, no one was really complaining, but um, well, I think I saw one person complain behind the scenes that didn't want to come up to me. But um, uh, they're there. Beyond what's that? I said they're there. They're out there. I'm sure they're there. Yeah. Um, I think I think he'd like to do uh, chicken nugget reviews on uh, TikTok. But anyways, oh. um, <laughs> uh, without naming names, but um, and. Uh, there was a push by uh, some of the other uh, employees in the building for us to finish faster, which wasn't going to happen. Um, I guess they just understand how things work. But, um, oh Lord, yeah. Um, but uh, beyond that, yeah, it was uh, you know not having enough machines. There was matches to be called. I just couldn't call them because we didn't have enough machines. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, some people unfortunately had to wait a long time to play their first match or. We called for the second match once we got going, but um, from like ten o'clock to three o'clock, I was basically at a, a nonstop line of people coming up, reporting scores, and uh, yeah, I mean, literally it was nonstop. I, there wasn't a three-minute time where I could just kind of relax. It was just 
constant people coming up telling scores and matches and calling out matches and and, and that's just, um, and, and that's probably especially time where the website struggles for you is coming into play right there especially the newness of all this and you know yeah yeah for sure um just uh before we uh get to who won the tournament steve i do want to ask this is what was this number 14 for the florida open the 14th Correct. Yeah, How fourteen, and then uh, me, me and Adam uh, Fitzgerald figured out this was their sixth year at the St. Cloud location. Okay. So I didn't realize it that many years, but uh, wow. we counted back, and uh, I think that's correct. So, yeah, fourteen years with the same owner. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he's someone that I can speak openly with. Um, you know, he wears his heart on the sleeve uh, about his business, about you know his team of employees, and uh, you know he. You know, he wants to have a successful event, and uh, he's an owner that listens. You know, it's great. So um, I think they were pretty much ready for us for the weekend. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they're having problems with COVID like everybody else, you know, with staffing. That I think was an issue maybe for some people. I don't know what their expectations are when they go to places and there's 200 drinkers or plus mm-hmm. in a building. Um, I don't know how many bars can really handle that. Not many. With uh, you know, with uh, you know, ten second service that maybe some people feel like that that they deserve, but um, you know, hopefully that those people will lower their expectations for next time. So, um, I but, I, I didn't I, I I thought I thought I thought the job did did a, did a did a good job. You know, awesome. Is it perfect? No, but no no bar is perfect. So, um, you know, I don't know how many employees you would need to make it perfect. So. That's- very true, and it's just you know there's only a handful of what bars, locations, whatever in America that can, you know, host what we're doing, do what we do, feed, give booze, all all the stuff for for twelve to sixteen hours a day. It, it's a huge undertaking, it really is. And just speaking to what we've done here, just at the clash, I mean, this, you know, a lot of staffing, a lot of things just to make it comfortable, and you know, uh. Yeah, and I mean it's a volume of business that they don't have on an everyday basis. So even if they're, if they've known it and they've been here for six years, to you know to do it every year once a year, it's not it's not like we're going into a bar that um, is like a nightclub atmosphere where they're used to super high volume. And I'm not saying that they did anything wrong. I'm just saying that some yeah. people are saying there's a couple of people that seem like they had an issue with what they were getting from the bar, and it, it didn't sit well with me. Um, I did. Uh, talk to them any of them directly because I feel like there wasn't be a, a conversation that was going to be positive for anybody. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's all I kind of want to say about it. So I, 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 I love, I love Robbie. I love Megan. I love Chris. I love the rest of the staff there. And um, I'm happy to go back there next weekend and next year. We'll be back next year. I can't imagine us not being. Yeah. Let's uh, get to, uh, our one of our favorite segments let's see who won the tournament all right uh big tournament 184 players who amongst these players won the tournament tonight we will start with the inaugural players charity champion brian go ahead (laughs) well thanks gino uh great to see all these smiling faces tonight but but yeah it was such you know a weekend that i wish i was there in person to enjoy you know but i did actually spend a lot of time you know, watching the stream. Sometimes I kind of just kind of go in and out of it, but paid a lot of attention to it specifically throughout Sunday and Sunday evening. Um, 
watching this winter um finally you know taking the the throne away from the the previous women's champion but but Brittany Casper getting you know you just seeing the emotion on her face the the monkey off her back and you can tell her first match against Jamie that there were nerves there and I see uh, a rivalry for years to come between these two awesome, you know, woman golden tee players. And uh, congratulations to Brittany for for winning that. Um, I just feel like just, she has a monkey off her back, and uh, you know, she did win this tournament. Uh, fellas, just uh, you guys were watching. It, it described the mood a little bit. I mean, how that. That was at the end of the night, so I imagine everybody was pretty scarce. But just what's going on? Um, there was still a pretty big crowd watching. Um, yeah. It was it was a great atmosphere, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's great. The women the women are great. I mean they're um, you know they support each other. They're you know they're having a good time playing, and um, you know to me it's one of the now probably the best part of the event in Florida. Is the women's tournament? Uh, you know, we had, we had uh, sixteen women there, paid. It was great. That's completely awesome, and I I, I could just I, I could feel it. Just said I had to turn on in my living room, and I I could I could feel it just vibrating to me. You know, you could tell she really cared about it, wanted to be competitive, wanted to win, and uh, what a what what a beautiful moment for us to see, Gary. Uh, I'm sorry, who had some? Well, I was going to mention real quick the hugs after that. You could see it when she hugged her, her boyfriend and and her mom being in there. It kind of brought back memories of you know Denmark and his family being there when he won. Yeah. You know, her her having all exactly. the support that she did was great. Absolutely, Gary Sheldon, who won the tournament. Um, I'll stick with the um, the better gender, and uh, we'll go with um. We'll go with Miss Arrington. Um, I called her out a couple tournaments ago, and um, I thought she'd make the cut in this tournament or at least get close. I think she was five strokes off. Um, but she did not win the women's tournament. She had a long weekend. She had a lot going on. Jamie, I'm talking about. And uh, so – you know, she didn't pull out the women's tournament, but she did um, miss the cut by five. But she did, you know, roll off a very remarkable purple bracket win, um, capped off by probably eighty to one odds playing Andy Fox, shooting a one better to beat mm -hmm. his clean round. Um, we we had we had so many messages and. People coming up to us when they saw that they were going to be matched up in the bracket, you know, saying you've got to put that on the stream. We've got everybody wants to see it. You know, people <laughs> watching the stream, people in the room, everybody wanted to see on the stream, you know, which is not obviously normally on the stream on Sundays. We keep the matches, you know, for the majority of the part, uh, you know, to main bracket matches. Um, but, you know, we for sure got that match on the stream for everybody to see. And like Rachel said, it was Andy Fox's retirement party, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. I saw the clip afterwards, but I didn't, I wasn't listening, but yeah. But I mean, that was, I mean, you couldn't have broadcast a better match. I mean, that was pretty, pretty awesome to watch. 
and but, just to watch how cool and calm and collected she was. I watched that match from the stream and uh um it was just it was quite a quite a show she put on and um yeah I mean yeah, she uh, absolutely Jim, she, sorry I say yeah Jimmy has Jimmy has a lot of heart and that's something you can't teach you know something either you have or you don't and uh you know for her to step up uh you know being in the building as quote unquote the best female player and uh you know playing that match against Fox and uh you know, producing all those times shows that she definitely has the heart. It just, uh, and she's, I mean, she's going to make a cut one day. You got to feel like she's going to, um, but just uh, can now, I mean, shoot scores with some of the best guys, uh, obviously proving it now. Um, and, you know, we thought we would come out the other side of this podcast and probably talk about her winning the ladies tournament winning a purple bracket, holding a 2023 world's pass, a 2020, well, oh, she I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. A 2024 world's, uh, uh, 2024 world's pass, which by the way, at this point, we don't know what it really means compared to, you know, not knowing world championships and when those are going to be, but uh, two spots for a world championship and she'll be a part of two different fields. Congratulations, Jamie Arrington, Steven Sobel. Ooh. I was gonna add one quick thing about Jamie, real quick. Actually, the one thing that I noticed about her game play, mm -hmm. whenever she was on the, the stream, was her one eighty shots. I mean, when she's pulling back, she's consistently getting one hundred and forty two, one hundred and forty four mile per hour shots. One of the best shots of the weekend was on hole thirteen in Nordland, where it was not the easiest shot. It was like three hundred forty yards. The pin was kind of close to you know where she missed it. That's a two stroke penalty right there. And and she had so much confidence and just just dialed in and she might have pointed i can't remember exactly but but she definitely one of her strongest parts of her game is hitting those 180 shots you absolutely correct yeah, yeah no she she actually um i think she was partners with uh chris brewer and to play with the pro mm -hmm. and uh, that we had did for the women on uh friday afternoon and chris mentioned to me that she has all the game that he was impressed you know how hard that she can hit the track ball and hit those mile per hour shots and he said there was he shot, taught her how to uh, uh, chush, and um, oh, she great. said, you know, oh, yeah. And he's like, you know, you have a home machine. Um, you need to go home and uh, practice this and learn it and get your, uh, you know, distances uh, dialed in for different clubs and understand it. That was something that she'd never learned before. So, um, you know, and there's a couple other things that he, you know, pointed out to her. But, um, yeah, he said that she has she has all the tools to to, to be right there with anybody. So he's. You know, he, he even saw it. Well, now we're going to start hearing about Jamie Harrington, the banger. She's going to start banging Golden Tee <laughs> games. Th thousand games a month for Jer Jamie Harrington. Uh, Steve Sobel, who won the tournament? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Gray. Uh, he's been coming to our tournaments for a long time. Uh, he originally, uh, when I first met him, I believe he was from Texas. Now he lives in Nashville. Uh, you know, he came to a tournament with a buddy of his who I haven't seen in a long time, but um, – I think Mike told me that he'd been to 11 tournaments prior to this weekend and never made a cut. Uh, he did win a purple bracket in St. Louis last year. He's had a couple other good uh, purple bracket sewings, but um, this time here, uh, he made the cut. Um, I think he finished uh, ninth, actually, which is not just making cut, Very impressive. But, you know, being up there. And then, um, yeah, uh, in qualifying. And then... Uh, 
you know, he did decent on Sunday. He got 13th through 16th. So he won a couple matches. And, uh, you know, so he got the monkey off his back. And, uh, it's, you know, it's good to see, you know, somebody who's stuck with it and, uh, you know, now has broken through, and, you know, proved to himself that, you know, he's there to make cuts. That's a great point. I've, I've kind of watched the name. I think we saw the first time I saw him was uh, in the uh, was the purple or I guess the purple bracket. So he had, he has a world pass, obviously. Right. Correct. All right. So he'll play in the world championship making cuts. I mean, this is all the recipe you need to you know get yourself geared up to play well in the world championship. So good. Good on him. Um, didn't realize he had been that to that many tournaments unbeknownst to me uh who you know never give up like steve said you know go to those 10 tournaments sometimes it takes your 11th or your 12th tournament but you'll finally find a way to break through and make that cut Mm -hmm. um who won this tournament uh i'm gonna uh, let me speak on the champion Let, let me speak on the champion and paul taylor um because We've we've spoken we've spoken a lot about him on this podcast, and when you think about Paul Taylor, you know you think about a lot of really really high finishes. I, but if you know how many wins he might have, it's only the two, and two of them happened in Richmond, Virginia. Um, cynicism is one of the worst qualities I have, and I've seen people, and some I've heard over the years about a stout player. He's not your run of the muck stout player, all right. He's a stout father. Uh, well, no, that's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. But uh, no, when when he was first coming into the game and playing stouts, it wasn't about cutting the wind because I mean he plays fulls. He has all these different ways to play, and because he was playing that certain golf ball, you know, a lot of people, especially that were really good in this game, were a little bit of a cynic, and uh, maybe he couldn't hold the fire with a lot of these other guys this day and age. Um, these tournaments are a lot harder to win or win. I think even though Andy's doing, doing it really well right now, um, 184 players. And for him to come out the other side, look, it adds a, one more feather to the cap and uh, good on him. Good win for Paul Taylor. Um. Brian, who won the tournament? Yeah, and just to, to piggyback on you a little bit with the Paul Taylor pick, he, he he didn't lose it all, right, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just uh, went went six and zero. Oh. A guy that I don't know if one of his flaws might be maybe having a little too much fun sometimes in matches. You know, he gets a little creative. You know, so um, I, I don't think he, that he, I don't think that's it. I think that's just his game. And it is, and that's what I was going to say. It's just the way that he plays the game, you know, and, and he has fun. And and I think, you know, we were talking about the monkey off the back for, you know, um, for a couple of different players so far early on in this. Um, it's been a while for Paul. And this is actually guy, I, I thought he'd win the last tournament. So I was a, a tournament too soon on him. But, but yeah, he's he's always up there. He's always in the first group. And he just probably, he, he's actually, you can almost count on him to be a top four finisher in every tournament, which he got, what, third place in worlds, you know? So it's, as surprising as it is that he won, it really isn't surprising, right? No, well, no, it shouldn't be. I mean, he has a lot of really, a lot of really great finishes. He has, look, just go watch him play. It's not go pick a place in the tee box and go thumb to where you want to, like every other style player I've ever seen, like myself a lot these days. 
for him, it's uh, a lot about where you are, where his positioning is, where the wind is, and then he'll pull a full out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. literally out of nowhere. And just, you know, you wouldn't see it, and it'll it'll land where it needs to land. It's just that comes with experience. It's coming with play, and it's um, – for me, he's a you know top 10, 15 player, definitely today, definitely top 10 for sure. So, um, yeah, another feather in the cap. Brian, who won Yeah, the- so uh, th- this guy, um, he kind of kind of ran into a buzzsaw on on Sunday. Um, played great, um, sported the the stout shirt on the stream and and uh, had a lot of fun. And, and I also – uh, another little shout out. He had to he had to wait a little bit to play in his finals matches, and I'm, I don't think he probably complained at all. You know, he just he knew what was at stake for for that weekend. And and Gerard Montigny, uh, you won this tournament. You might have gotten second place in the purple bracket, but like I said, you ran into a bulldozer. Uh, Jamie was going to win one of those tournaments. She didn't win the women's, and so the purple was hers. Um, surprised to see Gerard in the purple bracket because I. When we did our our fantasy picks, he was one of those that I thought might you know sneak and make the cut. Uh, but when you don't make the cut, you do what you can for roll bracket, uh, getting second place. You know, kudos to Gerard. Uh, Gerard, who I had to go look, I, I, he has uh, played a lot of purple brackets. You know, good run right here. Can I ask Steve just real quick off the top of my head, what did purple bracket play first? But uh, what did Purple Bracket pay for first place? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, of course. $750. It could be the richest Purple Bracket in... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, to... I mean, it's up there. Um, I don't know if there's the, the richest, but it's up there. You know, in this tournament, you know, I we pull $1,600 out because yeah. of the women that could fund the women's pool. So... Oh, okay. the the prize money was maybe a little bit uh, short, you know, in different spots. Maybe I'm not sure if 750 is the highest, but uh, yeah, 750. And then um, I don't know if Gerard had part of himself the Calcutta or not, but that was 1180. So um, oh, that, you know, that, close to close for Jamie. I mean, it's pretty much close to $2,000 if he would have had himself, or um, yeah, if he had half himself, he'd, you know, 1350 plus the World's Pass. It's not a bad weekend. That's not a bad weekend at all. Gary Sheldon, who won the tournament? Um, I'm going to go with Jade. Uh, Jade McGillum. So oh we were actually paired up in the um, qualifying uh, together. on, um, And we played. It was a great group, three of us, and played quick. We were who, one of the first groups. Who was the other one? I can't remember his name right now. Um, he's a guy I didn't know from Atlanta. Uh, had a big beard. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but Brent, Brent, yes, Wimberly, yes. Um, he was super nice guy. Um, he, I'm getting old, Steve. Man, I can't remember things. <laughs> That's all right. The best, the best is when I, I go. I, see, I can remember every qualifying carry. See how well I did that. Yeah, right. Go but ahead, the best is when I go report a win. This when I seldom do, and he asked me who I played, and I can't even remember who I played. Um, <laughs> but anywho, uh, 
So we're playing and Jade is cruising. He shot 30, 28, 26. And then we're playing um, Hollywood. I can't remember the whole number because I'm I can't remember anything. But it's that tiered par five uh, goes into the water behind it. You have to hammer it up there. And then uh, it has that real thin, uh, I can't remember the whole, 14, something like that. Um, well, he left it to the right, and the pin was on the bottom tier, up, tucked, top left by the, the elevation change. And he proceeded to put it in the water three times. Oh, Lord. And he was like, there goes the main, you know, and he's just losing his, you know what? And and I was like, Jade, just relax, you know, and he he had lost it. He He was like, you know, whatever. So then I was kind of playing with the numbers and looking because me and him at that point after he did that, we were real close in score. And so we came back to the next round. I was like, Jade, you're not out of it. We're not out of this. We could still get it. We just shoot clean on the last round. We'll be fine, I think. And he was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. I was like, Jade, just chill out. You'll be fine. We're going to be good. Let's just shoot clean. He proceeded to shoot a 26 on champ and qualified 20 whatever and then goes on and gets third place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. He got he shot a 20 on Hollywood and made the cut. Yeah, that's and, how uh, well so that he just... was playing. He was playing very well, and I was just trying to talk him off the ledge. So really what I'm trying to say, Jade, if you listen to this, you're in Indy. I mean, you're not too far to come by and just throw me a little bit of money for talking you off the ledge, you know, getting you third place in the main bracket. Oh, well, look at you, Gary, shooting a 26 on, on champ also to make the cut. So, but not on champ. Never mind. No, I shot 20. No, that's a, that's a 24. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the new website, Brian, is not putting the courses in order that we play them. It's pretty much not critical. So that's it's on that list, right? It's on the list. Yeah. But anyways, so. uh, like his whole qualifying, aside from that one hole, played great. Um, I, I'd never played with Jade that much. And I know he's an indie guy. He's only a couple hours from me, but, um, he likes to talk. He was it was a fun pairing, and uh, I thought he did a great job. And he really held it together and played played a nice tournament there. Um, so yeah, Jade, you won the tournament. If he doesn't miss those three putts, he's a top eight qualifier. Oh, he was up there. Yeah, it's quality player. I mean, I, I've gotten I've gotten a bond with him a little bit, and we talked you know multiple times over the last year, um, and. Uh, just I played with him or played around him a couple times. It's, you know, he's a, he's a quality player, and uh, to see him play well in a tournament. So there was some point on Sunday where I uh, I had to step away from watching the stream and uh, the bracket to where I saw Jade was playing Robert Washburn. It was in the somewhere in the winners bracket, and uh, next thing you know, I come back probably a couple hours later, and I see it was the king of the hill that everybody thought they would see. It was Jay McGillan versus Paul Taylor. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, here, here we have it. So, uh, no, good to see him play well. Always great to see him play well. Um, and congrats to him. Steve, who won the tournament? Um, well, I'm going to, like, uh, double this up a little bit, but uh... – one person I like to mention is uh, Isla Boyd. She's a Canadian female player that showed up at the tournament. Uh, probably nobody in the building knew who where she was. I didn't know either. Um, I'd messaged her. She'd messaged me on Facebook a little bit back and forth. Um, her husband also plays. She got fourth in the women's. So it's a really good, strong showing. And she's like 
probably the nicest person you ever met. Has a great enthusiasm for golden tea. You know, you guys are a one and a two. I heard on the last podcast, she's probably a twelve. Um, you know, she's up there. She loves the game. Um, it was really good to see. Um, and then you know, to put that together is uh, you know, to me, all all the women won the tournament. You know, that we had sixteen paid women. Uh, Michelle Kittles was gonna play. She broke her ankle uh, Saturday morning. Uh, she, I think she just had surgery, so her husband says that she's healing up. So um, she couldn't play. Um, uh, Lauren Mansell shot a 28 in her first game of the qualifier. That was her personal best. Uh, so when I saw the name, say the name for me, Isla? Yeah, the, the S is silent. I, I learned a lot of pronunciations this weekend <laughs> of different names. So um, Probably some are still were making uh, bad calls. I'm still on Sunday. But uh, – yeah, I mean, all the women, like, you know, they come up and tell me to score, and uh, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but, you know, when they tell me to score, I was, like, impressed. Like, these <laughs> women, like, are shooting scores that I, I don't want to be in the women's bracket. I, I couldn't. They could whip you know, your ass, compete. dude. <laughs> They'd whip my ass. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, in the qualifiers, looking to see how some of them were doing. They, you know, they're all, I mean, they're, all, they're holding their own. Uh, I mean, this, uh, you know, they have a great enthusiasm for Golden Tea. You know, some of them won money who didn't expect it, and they were like, they couldn't believe they won money, and they were just giddy. I mean, it's just really good to see. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's like to me, this is like I said, we don't, I don't pat ourselves in the back too often, but this is one of the best things we've done is this women's event down in Florida. Um, you know, the women's are or Jones are for more events, uh, you know, throughout the year. And I said, you know, we just need more women. I don't want to overdo it. Um, you know, have that. Hopefully this is multiple women's events. You know, it's nice. It, well, yeah. So I said, you know, so I said, you want more women's events. You know, we just need more women because, I, you know, to you know, to ask some people to go to more than one event a year is a lot for them. I know, and so, uh, you know, I don't want it to have it to where, uh, you know, if they're picking and choosing between two events, then we don't have one full field leader event, right? So that to me wouldn't work. So for now, how many this, years is the first women's world championship? You can we get talk to your friend Kevin Lindsay first? about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I give it an over under about five 20, years. Twenty twenty three championship first. <laughs> five years, but that'd be great. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. I, I was, it was so proud. I'm, I'm watching the stream. I think it would definitely the, bring more women into the game. Yeah, I, I was watching the stream and, and showing my daughters. I'm like, hey, look, look at these ladies play. You know, and I wonder how many other guys out there or or girls or, or significant others that had husbands or boyfriends that were at the tournament that were. Watching, like, oh, look, th these ladies can play. I mean, they can play and they, they play well. And, um, it's uh, it's, it's really good to see. I mean, they were, they were, uh, you know, we had women cashing in the copper bracket, um, you know, the purple bracket, obviously. And then, you know, so I think a lot of the women walked away this weekend with money. Um, you know, uh, you know, you know, as a parallel, you know, I want to thank again Gary Durkee for making it all happen, you know, for us. Uh, you know, I'm terrible at uh, marketing to get outside sources for funding for tournaments, and it's nice when I have a source like a Gary that I can go to and ask, you know, to help make something happen, and he does it. And, um, you know, I think he had a really good idea with basically giving away five $100 bills to different women who didn't come in for top two in the qualifier. So that made it so that a lot of women walked away with, uh, you know, breaking even, just for their tournament entries or, or winning money this weekend. 
Um, you know, Gary got bored on Sunday and did a bounty on three players. Um, he picked Russ out because him and Russ had a side bet in that qualifier that Russ beat him on. So he was just kind of razzing Russ. So he put a bounty on Russ's head, whoever knocked him out. One on Ben Russell because him and Ben go back and forth. And then uh, I think the other one was on Brewer. But he didn't want anybody to know. So it's like the player would beat that person. And I go, oh, you want $100? And like, what for? And I'm like, well, Gary just want to have a little fun. And then um, <laughs> Gary did the uh, Irish goodbye and was out of there before I even knew it. And didn't even get to see him before he left. Uh, so, um, Well, I mean, Gary's been just for the one a little over a year we've had him now. I mean, it, it's been pretty awesome uh, to have him along. And he's uh, just nothing but a fun guy that wants to be a part of this scene and uh, is b- very generous with what he's accomplished uh, and uh, sent it in our direction. So we're, we're thankful for him. Um, who won this tournament? I uh, We had a thing on the last podcast about uh, a guy in group, was it seven? was our uh, I think Arthur DeVries who was in group seven and he uh I I talked never. to hmm yeah as, as, now we're never right as as Bernsey says it's now or never and I had uh think about art is he's a he's a good player he's a really good player uh but sometimes qualifying doesn't go all that well for him. He's played in a lot of purple brackets and uh, for this field and for the, you know, if he has the intention to play all the way up until Texas, which I think he fully intends to do making a cut and starting off here uh, would do him a a great number. And he did nothing but answer the bell. So after we did that podcast, he had uh, texted me and he said, uh, Good pick. He goes, I agree with the group. He goes, he made two bains in 2021, two deep runs in purple 2022. He <laughs> shit the, shit the, it gives me a stat line. It's basically what he does. And uh, he goes, he was the bubble boy. And he goes, I am focused and I'm ready for Orlando. And so I, I, I grab, you know, speech number 5D out of the ambassador file that I have. And I, I give him, you know, some good pump up words. And uh, he uh, said, uh, thank you. And then once it, once the qualifier was over, he texted me right then. He said he did it. He made the main bracket, and he was really happy. It was a big feel for him to do it. This will, I mean, honestly, like I said, if he's going to play the tournaments, if he's going to play the clash, making a cut here, getting those very valuable points is going to go a long way for him. And uh, Art DeVries, you answered the bell. So congratulations. Great tournament, buddy. Brian Bernhardt, any more winners? Um, I just want to – Oh, no, no. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Um, Steve. Sorry. Um, he, he did say he's going to sit out uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis, just so you know. Okay. So if, you, if you're if you thinking about coming to make a cut, that's one less person you need to beat out to make the cut. Okay. Good point. Brian Bernhardt. Just a couple honorable mentions. Uh, a guy I want to bring up, and I've said his name before. It's been a while, um, but I brought his name up after I met him in Nashville about a year and a half ago. Uh, Justin Seeley. He's just making cuts. He's just – you know, a guy that kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago, missed a couple of cuts, but um, he has not missed a cut since uh, he started making them last year. So shout out to Justin for playing well. Um, and then listening to the stream, Wayne Kittles, he, heck of a heck, heck of a voice on there. He did a, a really nice job kind of um, explaining things and, and just uh, doing his thing. It was uh, a, a good voice to listen to, you know, throughout the weekend. So, so Wayne, thanks a lot for, for doing that. 
Hey, Gary, any more winners? No, uh, no, I wanted to say something about art, though. If I feel like you're playing craps, right? You're on the pass line, you're on the pass line, you keep losing, you keep losing, you're like, I'm going to go to the don't pass, right? Then all of a sudden, the pass line, they run off 50 numbers, right? That's what Art DeVries did to me, right? Because I, I was on Art, on Art, on Art, you know? No, you know what? I've lost so much on you. I'm I'm off. I'm off. And then what's he do? He makes a cut, and then has a nice old tournament. I'm happy for him. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, do I specifically remember you shaking your head at me when I was making the Art pick in the last podcast, Gary? Okay, because I, I really thought I was – at one point, after I said all my spiel about art, you're looking at me, and I think I just saw you shaking your head. And I was like, no, you're not going to go there. No, you don't get me in trouble because people can't, <laughs> they can't see they can't see us and our, our emotions. Um, no, but I'm, I'm really happy for him, and and he you know, it, it, that's good. Um, one other thing I want to touch on, too, about Paul, and we've talked about this, too, Paul Taylor. Um, he was – I've always said he's one of the cheapest Calcutta prices that you can get for someone that's going to finish top four probably. And he's been around this game for a long time. And I remember when Stenmark's on his run, I remember him having a rollover on 18 to beat Stenmark in one of those runs for like, there's so many matches that he was so close and, and making these runs and he's goofy. If you ever play him in a match play, don't try to follow him. He'll like hit the ball and it looks like he's hitting it way harder than what he is. And he tries to mess with you and he tries to get in your head. Jeff Wardall used to do this too, but uh <laughs> He's a very quirky player, and it's just the way he is. And um, I actually played him the first match in part one, and um, that's how that match went. But uh, so if I didn't par one, then I would have been the winner of this tournament. But anyways, <laughs> you know, Paul is quirky, but I just wanted to say good job for him. He was one of the – he was my first roommate at my first tournament, and uh, I'm really happy that he won a nice big tournament. Uh, but uh, I had no other winners. Uh, of uh, a guy – no, you, you just mentioned – and I need to mention more on that, but what you don't see outside the results page that you see on the website and Paul Taylor winning this tournament, what he does outside the tournament as far as with other players, you know, the money games, the guys that he plays with, because it's not just him going to go play whatever 10 through 100 with Andy Haas. No, he plays with – all the other guys, he will play them in handicap. He'll play them in whatever they want to play. Paul Taylor enjoys the cash game, all that side game action more that than the actual tournament in itself. If you ever go ask, yeah, him. And he'll actually. He, he, I'm not sure if he's the founder of it, but getting together those big games on like Sunday nights where you'd have like five or six machines, two guys on the machine, and doing like just one through like a friendly game, but um, just finding a way to keep people there. No, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about that. So that was Puff and me and Brad Baird back in the day. And we started getting these B games together, right? Because we had the A players and we couldn't hang with them. So we'd get our B game together. But then always there'd be this little short bearded guy come around looking like an elf trying to sneak in these little <laughs> one five games, right? Because what a he, knew, he knew that he could get in those games and squeak in somehow because he knew he's better than everybody else. That's what Paul Taylor would do. He'll, yeah. You got to be careful. Don't gamble with him. <laughs> he didn't start those games. He uh, just creeped in. He just creeped into them. <laughs> wow. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, well, no, because I'll, I'll see him play handicap with another guy from you know Beaufort, South Carolina, and you know it's whatever to him. You know, 
But they were, oh, I know. With that being said, that guy from Beaufort, South Carolina, is probably you know ten cheats to the win. Uh, but yeah, uh, Steve Sobel, any more winners of the tournament for you, sir? Uh, just one more real quick one. Uh, I just want to give a honorable mention to the uh, what I feel is the right now the current best player to never win a Golden Tee tournament. George, no, not you, Gary. Oh. <laughs> George Von K. I uh, got fourth place. Uh, you know, uh, George lets me get his uh, hole-in-one entry that every tournament he shows up to. Gives me a little jelly because he usually hits at least one hole-in-one. So I like uh, being on uh, Team George Von K. And, uh, you know, he got fourth place here. Uh, you know, came up a little short again. But uh, I don't, you know, going through the, my mind, I don't think there's a, you know, a, a player that hasn't won a tournament that's uh, more qualified than George. Does he win this year? And, you know, I think I, what's that? D- does he win one? Say this it again. Year? Well, I always say maybe means no. So I'll say maybe. <laughs> he could, he could, you know, he could, yes, that, he could. Depends on what's he, what he's attending. I mean, if he attends a clash, I'll give him a chance at a clash for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I, mean, he, I, I, I know he's coming to Milwaukee. Um, That'd be a good right now. A good run. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee right now is not uh, you know super deep. You know, it's got some good players. Um, no offense, like Dave Sammeyer, he's going to be there, right? Yeah, Dave Sammeyer. You know, he went on a run in St. Louis himself. So, uh, you know, you sure? Yeah, George George is good. George just needs to find his game for you know six or seven matches. That's yeah. How you win tournaments, right? If he puts it together, I mean, he's he's completely capable, completely capable. Yeah, I feel like we've given him a hard time over the last, you know, whatever. But I feel like his momentum is trending the right way. Um, I really do, and (laughs) I just think that I could see him getting a win. I don't think he will, but I see his momentum (laughs) trending the right way, especially with that big qualifier he had. What was that, St. Louis? Um, making a nice run here. Yeah. And maybe if there's a world champion. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a great qualifier in Florida. That's still not winning. Yeah. yeah. It's the podium. Uh, if I could uh, give just one last winner of the tournament for me as a sit-at-home viewer for this. Uh, Rachel. Ray, I, don't, I, can't, I, I can't say her last name. Uh, she was being called over the stream, Rachel Anthony Luna, which was kind of funny. Uh, but it's for somebody listening on the stream, she was just she was hilarious. It was it was fun to yeah. listen. She was really engaging. Uh, knew a little bit about Golden Tea, you know, uh, and uh, I was quite entertained. Very impressed. So I agree, hundred percent. So Rachel. You want we just to need to turn her volume down just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's trying to be like Chris. Yeah, he's trying yeah, to little, sound like me. <laughs> yeah, got a little, little loud there at times. A little loud. I, I'll, I'll bet you Coolman's in her ear, and he's like, "Give me your best Longino impression." No, no. I, I, I hung out with her a little bit. Uh, I forget which night it was, Thursday or Friday night. I, I really like her. She, she has a really thick skin. Right. Um, it's, she's, she, she's fun to hang out with. And uh, I was, I was, so that's the first time I really ever talked to her. I think, uh, 
I want to say Nashville last year is the first tournament that she came to. And I didn't really get, you know, Paul introduced me, but that's the first like real conversation I had with her. And uh, it was, she's, she's fun. Yeah. I, I got to talk to her at worlds uh, this past year and she was funny. She, uh, she had her, I guess, I think her sister with her and they were, they were a hoot. They were funny to listen to. So, uh, and she was funny to listen to on the stream. So I thought she won the tournament. So, um, if that's all the winners, then I would uh, like to see who lost this tournament. And uh, I think there's going to be a pretty big dog pile on one guy. Uh, so uh, who lost the tournament, Brian Bernhardt? Yeah, I mean, and kind of going through everything, not a whole lot of losers in this tournament, honestly. Um, it, I don't know. Just a, a lot. A lot of people played better than they usually do. But, but the one guy I'm gonna say lost this term is a guy that we gave, we gave him a hard time for quite a while, and then he started playing really well last year. Um, when I say really well, finally, you know, making some cuts. He did well at Worlds. You know, winning a match or two. You know, just qualifying well. And then he, you know, qualifies in 62nd in Texas and 49th here in Florida, and that's Gary's guy, Daniel Kalisuski. Um you, you were trending in the right direction and now you're starting to go backwards a little bit, man. We, we all know you got game. Um, but this, this is one of those tournaments to where you probably should have been that top 32 and at least won a couple matches. So um, better luck next time, but at least for this one, you lost this tournament. Gary, defend your boy, Dan K. You know what? I'd, um I'd really love to, but I can't. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ouch. I had written his name down too. Much love for him. He's just uh, just something uh, just something not clicking right now. Um, I kind of see him back in where he was before he started making cuts. Like he's kind of in that, hey, just having a good time, you know. Um, but yeah, I had him on my list. But Steve, I can't is defend he, it. Steve, is he on your list for Wisconsin? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. No, he hasn't signed up yet. Uh, there's still time, you know, it might not be, it's still time. It's, you know, it's uh, for guys that, uh, you know, own, uh, you know, I think they own a bowling alley, correct. Right. And so, uh, you know, the weekend before St. Pat's might not be the best time for him to come to an event. I'm not sure. I haven't heard from him yet. Usually I hear from him by now. So my feeling is probably he's not going to be there. Interesting. But so. we'll see. Uh, Gary Sheldon. <laughs> did you, lose, um, did you lose? Oh, you're saying, you just said Gary Sheldon lost tournament. No, no, I was going to ask him, did you lose this tournament, Gary Sheldon? I asked him directly. Oh, okay. Did I lose this tournament? No. Okay, all right. Okay. Just making cuts as usual, right? I, I, if you go back and watch the stream, the last shot I hit against CJ lost. That shot alone should lose the tournament for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're already in extra holes, and I just donk a ball in the water for no reason. Um. Anyways, uh. No, I don't think I lost the tournament. I made the cut. I didn't qualify well, but went one and two. It All is right. what it is. Um, so I've got – let's start with Solomon Franco. We usually like to give people a hard time that, you know, should be making cuts. I, I feel like Solomon should have made the cut. Um, I feel like he's been playing real well. Had a big, strong finish, what, last – the two tournaments ago? Um, made a good run couple other tournaments um unfortunately he didn't have the refs to help him win a game um so um 
he lost to that's a uh, Kansas City joke for those that didn't know. Um, he lost to Thomas Hellman, Hel Hellman, something like that. He beat Jonathan or Joanna Cruz, and then he lost to Alan Wilcox. Um, just I don't know. I expected a lot more out of him uh, for this tournament, but um, Solomon, sorry, buddy, has nothing to do with Kansas City but it does have to do with you should have made this cut, I feel like. And at least missing the cut, make a little run in the purple, but um, it happens. That's, uh, that's not bad. We've seen, uh, we've seen Solomon have some great qualifiers, uh, maybe not resulting so much well in match play, but, you know, yeah, I was, when I looked at the qualifier list, I for sure was very surprised <laughs> to see him as far down as he was. So, uh, Solomon Franco losing the tournament. Steven Sobel, who lost this tournament. I'm going to go with uh, Ben Russell. You know, he, he knows I'm, that he's one of my favorite people, but you cannot come up to me before the tournament and be adamant that you're going to make the main and <clears throat> adamant that you want to gamble straight up on the qualifier against all these people and then wind up in the pink and not even win the pink. So... In my mind, you know, Ben Russell lost the tournament. No, ben, I, don't, I don't know what goes on with that guy. Ben, big Benji Russell, it's – he uh, – I don't know. He he can play. I mean, he's got a good game. Like I said, I only know if I've won 50% of my invites against Ben Russell. But when it comes to these tournaments, yeah, he's got a destiny with a pink bracket, and, and the only time he doesn't make the pink <laughs> bracket is when we don't have a pink bracket. So, I mean, oh boy, um, poor guy. No, he's, I don't know. It gets in his head. I don't know what goes on with him. So Ben Russell losing another tournament. He's lost a lot of tournaments on this podcast, by the way. Um, what, how do we feel about Andy Fox now? Did he retire? That was a lot of that. I'd like to know what the joke that was about. I heard a lot about the Andy Fox retirement party. It, it was uh, Rachel had mentioned that something about it being Andy Fox's retirement party when I, I, Kevin were on. I did hear that, and I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious, but I just wanted to hear more about it. But uh, so Andy Fox, uh, for whatever I mean, Andy Haas was on a great run last year, so won all his tournaments. Andy Fox, first year in a while, he didn't win a tournament. Um, and it's been kind of, I mean, he had one top four last year to come to this bar, a place he's won, I believe twice at, um, Florida open, typically a great place, a great tournament for Andy Fox, uh, and just not making the cut. I don't know. I haven't asked him. I don't know what happened, but, um, seemed, uh, be a poor run on his luck. So, but uh, without a doubt, um, yeah, and, uh, Andy Fox yeah, lost this tournament. Yeah, I think it, when we saw that he missed the cut, I I think you guys would agree with me. He's almost even money to win the purple, right? Yeah. I mean, I just, expect, for sure. I just expected him to win the purple with as many wins that he has under his belt, the Top Guns and different things, and just i mean he ran into a buzzsaw you know losing to jamie but i mean i i don't know how he doesn't win purple but 
Maybe it's just his head wasn't in it. I don't know. Probably when you start drinking at 10 a.m., that doesn't help either. No, that probably didn't. Uh, no, that didn't help at all. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty it sure. It helps some, not others. Well, well, I'm pretty sure when, you know, he was looking forward to making a cut. Now he's not making a cut. and His expectations are a little bit different. So I'm sure he handled things very differently. But um, now I, I, I don't know. Do, do we call it a slump? Is is this is this officially in Slumpville for the caliber of player that Andy Fox is? Uh, maybe a wake up call. Uh, okay. All right, a wake up call. I mean, so, so so you're going back to him not winning it all last year, and here we are starting this year off. Well, no, I mean, stick in the purple bracket. I mean, but it was a lot of you know what he had uh, like some one top four, uh, a handful of like. Nine twelves, I think, or something like that. But I mean, like I said, a guy that wins a tournament at least once a year, whether it be Wisconsin, Florida, a Top Gun Player of the Year, he's done all of it. You know, right right now it's been a while. World Championship wasn't that great for him, so I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I, I would guess his priorities maybe aren't in the, the Golden Tee game over the weekend. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe he's just before maybe it was, and maybe it's not as much anymore. All right, let me ask you this. Andy Fox or Sean Gervais in a tournament right now? Who do you take? Sean Gervais. Did I hear all Sean Gervais right there? (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so we can go down that line. Uh, Andy Fox, Chris Brewer. Who do you take in a tournament right now? Andy Fox. I'd go with Chris Brewer because he gets fifth or sixth almost every tournament. He's he's due to crack a podium one of these days. But, But, yeah, I'd go with Brewer. Steve, break that tie. Well, I was just looking. He was the uh, eighth highest bid in the Calcutta in Florida. Fox was? Yeah, would would you have guessed that? I should have asked you before I told you what you thought he was, how, what number he was. Well, if I I have to take into account. Uh... And, these, and, th- and, these, and these were the people picked above him. Obviously, Andy Haas. Paul Luna, C.J. Wengler, yeah. Paul Taylor, Ryan McCook, George Von Kay, Clint Grover, and then him and Eddie both went for the same amount, Eddie G. Wow. And then just below them was Sean Gervais. I mean, look and then below the, him was Chris Brewer. The, the market. So that's, that, that, that's the public opinion. That's the yeah. market right uh, there. That's the market. So... Um, yeah, Andy Fox stock yeah. low right now. That's what we're calling this. Andy Fox's stock is low. I don't know. I need I need to see more. Is it? No. Uh, Good time to buy. Is, is uh, Andy Fox on? Your, <laughs> is Andy Fox on your Wisconsin list? No, he's not making it. It's his daughter's uh, birthday or something. Understood. Whatever excuse number sixty-seven is, that's what he's there for. Yeah. Uh, Brian Bernhardt. Anybody else lost this tournament? Yeah, I'm gonna bring up a guy that had a really amazing run for a few years. We we tooted his horn for a while <laughs> because he never missed a cut. He just never did. And now he just never makes a cut. And so I think maybe for one last time, just for shits and giggles, Kyle Heasley, you lost this tournament. It, it just kind of expecting the purple now, man. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on there, but 
a guy that was, you know, almost a guaranteed top 16 to top 12 finisher in any tournament for a couple year run is now a guarantee in the purple bracket. That's that's kind of that's that's sad to hear, but you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. At least in, in these big tournaments right now, uh, I ex- I expect him to be in Wisconsin. But the uh, the bigger ones, he didn't do well in Dallas. Another purple bracket here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's part things, of the course. Uh, well, things are a little different now. I don't know. I mean. Earlier last year, he like I said, he was a shoe in for a cut most of the time. Now, not so much. Um, I don't know if I see the guy over there flipping quarters for five hundred dollars. Do I trust him to win the Golden Tee tournament? I mean, maybe that's just me talking. <laughs> um, you know, you know, there was no. Uh, I didn't see any quarter uh, flipping at all this weekend. Oh wow! Nobody had yeah. time to. oh that's great uh gary sheldon who lost the tournament all right i've been waiting for this one so when the first time i saw this young man at the tournament um he wouldn't even shake my hand or was just mean mugging me all for fun but he was very upset that I said on the podcast that no one in group seven was going to make the cut, which I do need to apologize to art because he did make the cut out of group seven, but you know where my head was at on art, you know, last podcast, Todd Boyer was adamant that he was very upset with me, took it personal that I said he wasn't going to make the cut. So much so that he made me, didn't make me, but he convinced me. So I switched my pick on the fantasy to Todd Boyer. Oh, I've been so guilty of this. He guaranteed me. And I said, I will publicly apologize. And I will give you all the clout if you make this cut. To which I am saying that he is a loser of this tournament for what he told me. And what was going to happen, and then proceeded to go two and two in the purple. Um, Todd Boyer, you lost this tournament. You know, I, I would laugh at you, Gary. I really would. But that's a lot safer bet with that guy than doing it with somebody like Mike Muse, like I've done before. You know, let him convince you that he's going to make a, you know, play well and, you know, do things like that. So, uh, lot better shape than you know me doing that but i completely understand why yeah you hate somebody for talking you into making the wrong pick um and i'm gonna do something else and i hope i'm gonna reach out to him after i say this but uh there was an incident in qualifying steve i don't know if you know and russ probably complained about it and cussed me on his own but we were on that back corner machine and todd was qualifying right next to us Todd proceeded to stand right in between the two machines with his butt almost touching our machine, the entire qualifying. And I didn't want to say anything to him because that's just who I am. I just don't want to start anything. I missed six putts in qualifying because I would go to putt and then he would back up right next to our machine, right when you're getting putt, you know, and you know how you catch things out of the corner of your eye and whatnot, not blaming him, but it just was a fax. So we actually 
move the machine kind of down a little bit into the corner just trying to whatever well we had to unplug it to do it when we plugged it back in it wasn't communicating with the tv which brought russ in and russ was very upset and you know how that things get and i did apologize to him but that was another reason i think the most frustrating part about it was todd should know better he's been around this game for a long time and i was telling jade i was like look around this room there is not one person standing where he's standing during qualifying it's just etiquette, you know, and it was very frustrating. But like I said, I didn't want to say anything to him. I didn't want to start any drama. I didn't want to get in his head. So we just kind of slid the machine down to give us more room. What did he do? Well, he had more room to move around. So he still stood there, but we did have a little bit more room, you know. Um, so just take this as a public service announcement. If you do go to tournaments, please don't stand in between the machines when people are qualifying. They're already close enough. Um, it's just find your space get in your rotation stand behind you know i don't know if you guys have any input on that but it, it was but, a frustrating I, experience I, I'll, I'll add real quick before steve chimes in there uh i i remember in nashville and i can't remember who it was but we were kind of in the corner as well and there's a gentleman and it's not that he was standing by the machine but he was smoking or vaping near the machine and you know the i'm not a fan you know and uh he I just asked him nicely. I said, "Hey, would would you mind you're not not blowing in this direction?" And he stopped. You know, so I know Gary, like you were, you didn't want to have a confrontation. You know, but um, what I would have probably done is after the first round, would have been like, "Hey, stop sitting on my damn machine." But yeah. that's me. So, Steve, if you could convey that to the players' union when you see them next time, uh, you know, that's yeah, a couple. Well, Couple grievances. First of all, Brian, you should come to the Florida tournament because uh, vaping in bars in Florida is illegal. So there's no vaping going on. So you should uh, get your I missed you guys this year. I was there last year. I, I know. So you should come down yeah. because it's a great, great event and there's no vaping. Um, second, uh, Gary, maybe you can get with your vendor and understand that you need to have the HDMI hooked up to the machine to make the TV work. You know, uh, you know, maybe your vendor smarter than you and can teach you that. Oh, you, oh, you are a vendor. Okay, never mind. So, okay. This is going so, great. It wasn't, it wasn't um, the HDMI, so I don't know what Russ told you, but it was not the HDMI. When okay, he, well, that's what it was. Yeah, it was not. He had to You unplugged the, the HDMI. Yeah, no, it was. You, because it got loose when you moved it. Anyways, no. uh, so, yeah, Russ is very particular. I know, um, you know, when he sets machines up, that's where he wants them, and he doesn't want them moved. Um, there's a reason to his madness on why he puts machines in certain spots. So, um, you know, I think in that instance, uh, you know, if you're having a problem with a player and you don't want to uh, confront them face to face, come up to me, Paige or us and let them, uh, you know, let us you know, do the speaking for you. And then they don't even know where it has to even know where it's coming from. We can just say, hey, we were looking over and we saw you standing between machines. So, you know, I'll bring a chair over. You can sit right here in between shots or whatever. So. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Florida has a ton of space, but, um, you know, um, for people listening, we're not going to put seven feet between the machines. Uh, you know, it's just not, you know, we just don't have the room to do that. So, yeah, you know, when you get, uh, you know, especially in Florida, when you get three on three, you know, three guys are on a machine, you know, some machines at four, 
uh, you know, it is going to get tight and people need to be respectful of that. You know, always if you know you have to do that uh, circular, you know, player in and out too when you're when you're playing. So, you know, you you bring up a good point about that. And uh, I, I think to add to what Gary was saying, though, also is I, I think maybe the more more frustrating part of it was probably just the common sense factor, right? Just like, why are you doing this? Like, you know better. Well, it's a player that that is experienced tournament goer, and you should understand. Yeah, you know where the where a good spot to sit in between shots is, and what a, what a bad spot is, and yeah. leaning up against somebody else's machine is obviously a bad spot. Um, I think you would probably, hopefully, if you knew that, whether you're experienced or not, but I guess some people don't. Understood that. Uh, who lost this tournament, Steve? I believe you're up next, right? Okay. Well, I just have uh, one more, and um, right, I'd just say as a group, um, we only had eight players from the great state of Georgia show up. Um, you know, Atlanta is six and a half hours from Atlanta. It's like a two hundred dollar round trip flight on Southwest of Vest. You know, to fly to Atlanta to um, Orlando. If you um, get there, uh, uh, get... uh, as I say, public opinion would tell you otherwise <laughs> this day and age. But go ahead, Steve. You want to be judged in the rest of your life over three bad days? I don't know. <laughs> so um, I've had more than three bad days. I know that. So, um, you know, to me, uh, you know, another couple of, uh, you know, regular tournament goers to this tournament that had, uh, you know, things come up in their lives and why they couldn't be there. But, um, uh, you know, eight, eight players from Georgia is, uh, you know, on a personal level is a little disappointing. Um, you know, maybe people aren't playing Golden Tee in Georgia anymore. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I thought we would have, you know, more of a turnout, you know, from Atlanta and, uh, you know, the Augusta folks and, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, DJ has been coming to the, you know, he showed up, you know, he lives in Rome, which is north of Atlanta. Uh, me and Chris have been there. So, uh, uh, but on the bright side, we had 51 players from Florida at 183. Wow. So that's about 28%. That's a great number. Uh, this is why we have a tournament in Florida. You know, people tell well, us all the time, you know, come approach me. We should do a tournament here, a tournament there. I had a regular tournament goer, and I made a joke about it uh, during the qualifier and uh, tell me about a spot that he thought would be good for a tournament. And I just couldn't believe that he thought the spot would be good. Um, but, uh, you know, so the logic sometimes isn't there on where people want to have tournaments. So right now, I feel like we have six solid locations and we're no, not no, 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 Steve, locations. Steve, Steve, where was the location? What did he say? I want to know. Um, I'll tell you off the air. And so, uh, um, but it was, it was, it was, it was a location that didn't have an airport within a major airport within two and a half, three hours of this location. <laughs> Jeez. Was it big sky country? I mean, <laughs> okay. So, um, Go ahead. anyways, uh, yeah, so 51 players from Florida is awesome. And yeah. that's why we do a turn. That's one of the reasons why we do tournament in Florida. Uh, we get great how does it relate the to Texas? Out of curiosity, uh, I had to look it up, but you know, I think Texas probably had a little bit more um, than fifty-one. I would think probably close to the seventy-five. It's to still 80, pretty close in relation to it, then, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a great number. It's great, you know, almost thirty percent of the field comes from Florida. That's great. I mean, back in the old days, we would have taken fifty-one people at a tournament, right, Brian? <laughs> we would have been yeah. happy. So yeah, now we're going to be in Colorado, one hundred eighty-three. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's good. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of players in Georgia 
that have been coming to events for a long time that some of them I haven't seen in a couple of years. And I guess maybe they moved on from Golden Tee. Um, but it'd be great to see them and, you know, great to see maybe some newer players from Georgia come out too to come to some of our events. So um, unfortunately, we've never found a location in Atlanta um, that fits our needs, uh, you know, size-wise or a lot of bars in Atlanta are smoking, from my understanding. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a city that we had in our radar, but we just never got there. And I don't see us getting there in the near future. So, uh, it's, I'm just, you're mentioning Florida players because, I mean, you're, you're all the Florida players that do come out and support the Florida Open. I mean, it, it, we don't see Drew Chang a lot at any other tournament other than the Florida Open. There's a ton of them that only get to show up for this one event a year. And it's yeah. great to see, honestly. Yeah, Steve Mann, too. Was Steve there? I didn't see his name on there. He lined up but didn't show up. Um, that's two years in a row. I don't. I didn't hear from him on what you know what the reasoning was or you know what happened. Um, you know, I I know he's got old school Drew Thaxton, right? Drew Thaxton. I mean, there's. Uh, I remember him a couple of years ago. I saw him there. Yeah, I think he's got triplets I mean, and that kind of. He's got triplets. Curveball in it. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. They're probably older now. Uh, I'm guessing they're probably. Uh, maybe in high school or at least uh, so in, the teenagers. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Lee, you know, Lee, Lee Chepinick, usually the only vet he comes to. Uh, you know, Lee, Lee's great to us. He, he's Lee even has some major health issues going on, and uh, you know, he organized the golf for us, and he was there every day, and uh, he loves the event. He's one of the reasons why we we're in Florida, or you know, originally. And made the um, cut. And made the cut. Uh, you know, the Sounds Stowells, like you know, Brad Stewart, um, now that he has a family, doesn't really travel as much. Uh, Rob Holtry, an old school player. My boy, uh, RCH. You know, comes out, you know, you don't know Rob, one of the best guys you ever meet. Um, you know, Scott Zollers doesn't play anymore, but he does. He comes by every year to say hello. So he came in for a quick, you know, hello. Um, yeah, there's, there's. Uh, Scott Zollers would be a great person for valet. For the valet? Yeah. Why is that? Oh. oh he was a parking attendant for so many years, right? Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, up in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, anyways, yeah. I mean, and, and, and a, a lot of the women that played came from Florida, too. So that's good to see. So. No, it was just such great support. Uh, we veered off track on the who lost the tournament, but I, I just had one more, and that was uh, James Hickey. Uh, and just you know, for a guy that uh, is a really good player and uh, should, I would think, make cuts, uh, just didn't make this cut. But I expect to see him. I, he will be at the Clash. He's uh, one of my regular guys now at the Clash. And uh, I imagine that he'll probably try to get in either a Nashville and definitely maybe even a Dallas. So uh, maybe no sweat off his back here, but definitely should have performed better. So uh, anybody else – Lost the tournament. I had one more, and that was uh, <clears throat> we talked, or I talked about him, Gordy Brown, leading into the tournament, um, coming off a, a cut make and um, playing well. Talked to me at the Carolina Clash, telling me how he's really focusing on all this and blah blah blah. And you know, I was looking forward to him doing well, and he was one of my picks, and uh, and he didn't, he made the pink, so. That was not quite what he wanted, 
he gave himself a hard time. I talked to him uh, over the weekend, and uh, I don't want to bust his butt too much, but, um, yeah, Cordy Brown. Mm. So that was who won and who lost the tournament right there, fellas. I appreciate all that you guys do for me. Uh, just uh, before we go, I what, did want to browse over. Anybody see who finished fourth in uh, fantasy golf? That was me. Thank you. Thank you. I got a top ten. That was uh, a <laughs> your you you submitted multiple. Uh, that was the second. Uh, that was the second one. Uh, I did I do submit two. Uh, the one that went from the podcast uh did not finish all that well. However, I the, I stuck three core guys. Okay, with the Art DeVries, Mike Perez, and uh, there was somebody else. Um, uh, that there. I've kept the same guys on both those entries. I just changed up the top a little bit. So uh, I had one uh, the one entry that had Andy Haas and George von Koschenberg, which, by the way, I think if you had Haas, it was just as good as having Taylor, wasn't it, Steve, scoring-wise? In fantasy? Um, well, they're, well, they're close. Uh, Haas was minus 13 and Taylor was minus 12. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty, pretty much equals. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, David Key, those were the two. Obviously, wanted to have David Key with the money entry right there. By the way, he, he someone said he had seven of his eight guys made the cut. Seven of his eight people that he picked. So, a uh, big big entry for him. So, Steve, you uh, you got a month, just about a little less than a month away from the uh, the Wisconsin Open, sir. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're trending good. We got 127 signed up now. 120. Um, yep, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I haven't heard from a lot of the Wisconsin guys, so I don't know what's going on up there with those guys not coming out, but uh, everybody else is, and so it's looking like a good, good turnout. It's uh, a great room with another owner that's a big supporter of Golden Tea, and uh, you know, a, a big supporter of us. If you like, uh, you know. Uh, you know, less expensive drinks. This is a good venue for you to go to as well. Uh, you know, he serves beers in the big cans. You get more bang for your buck. He's got good food. Uh, you know, the bar is open late, open early. Nice, big, huge space for us. A um, couple of hotels within about 10 minutes of the bar, and he has a shuttle that he provides for free on uh, Friday and Saturday. I think maybe, I'm not sure about Sunday, um, you know, to get guys back and forth. And, uh, you know, one thing, Steve, uh, to add to that big space that he's got there is, you know, a lot of people might look at the weekend and say, oh, but there's college basketball going on. Well, you can sit anywhere in that area where we're at and not miss a game. I mean, he's got, yeah, he's I don't know, got two dozen TVs. 30 TVs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot a lot of TVs in the, in the room. Um, and, uh, yeah. It's and you guys great. got a lot of space, too, for, for doing yeah, what yeah, we you got to do there. Oh yeah, we've got uh, two big, huge tables in the back of the room. Gives us a whole view of the whole room, so we can see out and see every machine, and, uh, all the players. It helps us find them or uh, you know herd the cats and stuff. And uh, it's it's good, you know. It's it's uh, good for us because it's a uh, you know five hour something drive up there. Um, so it's you know it's an easy trip for us to get up there. Um, it's. Uh, Russ's birthday weekend, I believe, somewhere oh. in there. Um, 
I think I was just with uh, Mr. Layton this evening and uh, we were discussing that uh, since I'm still jobless, uh, we're going to go up Wednesday night and uh, we stay in this house that has a, it's uh, has a bar across the street and uh, we're going to get up there early and get drunk in the bar and then walk back to the house. And uh, that's the plan. And anybody's welcome to join us. Uh, March 8th. It's when March we'll be up there. Wednesday night. Yep. And Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, it's, you just crash it's at the powerhouse. You, know, you can crash the powerhouse. We got a nice big garage. And, uh, <laughs> but that, that bar is within so. walking distance. I, I remember oh, drinking yeah, crawling distance, with, really. With, with, yeah, yeah, with me and Kelly had a few beers last year. Yeah, it's a cool bar, right? It's nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, actually, I think uh, the owner of Sussex, his dad owned that bar years ago. Come full circle there. That's what he told oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's uh it's cool. Yeah, we'd love to have more than just me and Russ drinking beers in a bar in the middle of Wisconsin. So hopefully some other people <laughs> will join us. So uh uh yeah. Right. But yeah, I'm looking forward awesome. to it. Awesome. Um uh, I hear you. So uh Brian, you have plans on being there, sir? I do. Um, with my work schedule, I'm probably not going to be coming up till Saturday morning. Might come Friday night, you know, kind of deal. But most likely, drive up Saturday and and have to drive back Sunday or leave early Monday morning. So I'm still trying to get all that stuff figured out. But but I will definitely be there. That's it's about a four hour drive for me. Um, <laughs> and don't worry, Steve. I'll make sure I'm there on time. But um, because I think last year I got the times mixed up between eleven o'clock and twelve o'clock. Uh, kind of start, but. But anyways, it's it's one of those tournaments that it it's such a huge venue. It's very comfortable. Like I was talking before about the TVs, but they have their tournament space and their bar space. And you got space and you know to sit and watch whether it's basketball or golden tea. It's just a very well laid out building. And then if you need to, you know, get some fresh air or different, you know, a change of pace, you just walk into the bowling alley and you can you know, there's another bar in the bowling alley too, you know. So what no matter what you're doing, you're supporting the Sussex Bowls thing in that building. Um, uh, and how many years is this for you, Steve, with them? Oh boy. Um, put them on the spot. I would say, put me on the spot. I don't know. I, I think um, it's like six or seven, seven, maybe. Our first year there was 2018. 18. So, okay. So 18, 18 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. So, no, we did we miss years. A, did we miss a pandemic one? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I think we missed. Uh, no, it was a tournament. That was the last tournament we had, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So. And it was the first one you had uh, back. Yes. The six. All right. And yeah. uh, let's not forget the slabs and crabs uh, thing that uh, that the owner does. Where uh, basically, what does he do? He grills some steaks, grills some crab legs, and get some fiddles going. Right. Oh yeah, usually it's lobster, but yeah. Yeah, lobster. Okay. Yep. So you sign up that pre-fan and uh, Sunday night he grills them up and puts a buffet out with uh, some fillets and uh, lobster and the sides and uh, makes it a reasonable price and it's a good way to end the weekend. I still remember last year driving home with my to-go box with my slabs <laughs> with my fillet and my green beans and mashed potatoes and listening to the stream just uh, having dinner on the way home. It was good times. He spent a total of twenty nine hours in that tournament, Steve. Twenty nine hours. It might have been. The, it might have been the quickest amount of time anybody's been in a tournament. I don't know. 
But I think Stuart Fox probably has that. And then he probably flew in and flew out. <laughs> All those J.P. Biederman, uh, where he comes in for the qualifier and then he just decides he's going to fly out Sunday morning and he doesn't want to hang around. I've seen those. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, guys, uh, appreciate you joining me tonight. Awesome podcast. I'll see uh, some of you guys here in a couple of weeks before we uh, preview the uh, before we preview the Wisconsin tournament. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am Chris Long Gino coming to you from a beautiful and warming up Greenville, South Carolina. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, just got done recapping. The Florida Open, we got together, I think it was last Wednesday, now just finally getting the podcast up, and uh, got together with Gary Sheldon, Brian Bernhardt, and Steve Sobel joined us as a special guest, kind of wanted to get his take on uh, first time using the website, you know, another year of the Florida Open, and just kind of get some perspective of uh, somebody that was uh, on the ground floor for the entirety of the Florida Open, a very long Florida Open, uh, but a classic for sure. You know, got to see a lot of great things. Uh, the ladies tournament, uh, Taylor went in the main bracket, all the other brackets. It was just, uh, Jamie went in the purple bracket, just a great, great weekend of golden tea. Um, and, uh, hopefully I get to be a part of it next year. Uh, Florida open, always a favorite of mine. Hate I couldn't be there. Uh, so that's what's up. Wisconsin Open coming up here in just a couple weeks. Me and the guys will get together at some point and uh, make some picks, talk some Wisconsin Open. Uh, Missouri Open just right after that. And uh, that'll be uh, late April. Their uh, new venue for them. So we'll get to see what the Missouri Open has to offer this year. And... Uh, so that's what's on deck for the tour. I just saw that there was a stats tournament uh, in Houston, the stats tournament with George Vaughn Koshenbar's, I guess, favorite tournament. One day he's going to break through and uh, get himself a, a national Golden Tee Tour title. Uh, I can feel it. He's, uh, he's good enough to do it for sure. So all that coming up. Uh, great podcast for you today. So here's Steve, Gary, and Brian.